Hello and welcome to the How They Did It Business podcast, where we share stories from the best in business. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, the founder of Diverse VC, and we are now back in part two with Miriam, where we're gonna take a deeper dive on her background as a PhD student in the plasma physics group at Imperial, as well as the Slack National Accelerator Laboratory in California, and understand a lot more, hopefully, about space, her background, lasers, and so much more. Miriam, are you ready to hop in and do this? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Miriam, you've been a scientist and a researcher for years, right? Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? All right, so I'm from London. I was born in London in the UK. Um, I have a degree in physics from Imperial College, a master's in photonics from Imperial College too. And now I'm doing a PhD with Imperial College, but I'm based at Slack National Accelerator Laboratory in California. The question is, how did I get to California? <laughs> well, um, back when I was doing my degree, um, one of the directors of the laser lab that is at Slack um, came to give a talk at my home university. I fell in love with this place and I was like, I need to be here. And so I was too afraid to ask him a question. So I tweeted him after his talk Ooh, and he, re he responded. I, know. <laughs> I love that. He, re he responded and he was, I asked basically, um, a bit cheeky of me to ask, I was like, can, can I come and see your lab? And he was like, well, we, you know, we, uh, he was like, well, we don't really accept non-US citizens. And I didn't want to accept that as an answer. Mm -hmm. And so basically I said, is there any way we can change it? And he went back to his team and they figured out a way. It took a year, a year of documentation and like all this stuff, getting my visa all sorted. And then I became the first international undergrad to do that internship program. And for me, this was such a game changer because I think science is global. And if you have a passion for science, you should be able to do it anywhere. And I think where you are born should not dictate where you end up in life. Do you know what I mean? And I think I 100%. wanted to change that. <laughs> and so now the internship program is open to all international students. And so if you're interested, definitely check it out and work at the lab because um, I, yeah, it's now open to, to everyone. And I've always been this person where if I see that there is a gap or something wrong that I don't agree with, I will try and change it. And so many international students now come back and like, we're thankful for you to, you know, push back and say, no, actually, I don't want this to be like this and it should be open to everyone. So that's how I ended up in California. And that's how I'm now doing this hybrid PhD between my home university in the UK, but this national lab in the US. And it's honestly a difficult at times because I'm, I'm pulled in two directions, but I think it's such a unique experience. And I think if you want to do something, please ask, just ask and you never know what's going to happen. So that's how I ended up here. I think that's so important for so many of our listeners. A lot of people think that their ambitions and, and desires to become a scientist in, in America or, or work at one of the laboratories or perhaps mm -hmm. to be the next X, Y, and Z person in X, Y, and Z space is impossible because no one else has done it before. And I think that's like one of the issues that when you talk about diversity of people being in different roles, coming from different backgrounds, when you don't have somebody to that is yourself or that you see yourself as, you don't think that's a possibility. And I think that you've done such an amazing job at changing that narrative and saying, no, this is something that can happen, that I made happen, and has impacted many of other people. And by the way, 
we've created amazing results because of that. And diversity is a tremendously positive thing in that sense. I love that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, That's like the sense. more minds, the better, right? Science yeah. can't happen with just 10% of the population or whatever it is, right? We can do this together. So, By the yeah. way, <laughs> when you were you're explaining that, you said science is global. I think that should be like your slogan for everything. It was just, that, that was a perfect line. <laughs> like on a t-shirt or something. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, yeah. T-shirts coming soon. So, so let's keep running forward and, and let's talk a little bit about your current work, right? I, and I believe it's on plasma physics and kind of in that space. Can you tell us a little bit about it and, and what's going on for somebody like myself who, who might not have the strongest science background? All right. So like you said in my introduction, I basically try and recreate the conditions found in space, but using high power lasers. And so basically what I'm looking at is the interior of planets like Uranus, Neptune and the Earth. And something inside those interiors is something called warm, dense matter. Now, if you think of a solid and you think about what the sun is made of, something in between is this warm, dense matter. And that exists within those planets. But we can create that by using a high-power laser. So you use a high-power laser, you shoot a material. And I'm looking personally at iron, and um, because iron exists in those planets. And when you do that, you actually melt this, this foil or whatever this iron is into that warm, dense matter state. And then you can take pictures of what is happening over really, really short timescales to then tell us the dynamics of those planets. And so that's basically what I do, is I use high-power lasers to help create these conditions that are found in space. I love that. That's so interesting to me because who would have thought that you're recreating a dynamic in space by using these methods? I think that for myself, that it's extremely interesting. Now, what is the application or what can someone take from these studies and, and how can we apply what you're working on? Going back to this warm, dense matter that I was talking about, that actually exists in the current way that we're trying to achieve fusion. So fusion is basically what the, the process within the sun and we're trying to harness that on the Earth. And we do that by shooting these little like pellets of fuel with high-power lasers. And when you do that, the, the warm, dense matter state, it kind of evolves in that piece of fuel. And so by learning more about warm, dense matter, because we don't know much about it currently, and we're still trying to make models and, and work out theories for how this matter works, we can then find out what happens in this fuel pellet. And then maybe later on in, I don't know how many years, I'm not going to say how many years, but... Uh, you got to make few... a prediction now. we gotta, <laughs> no. we got to get you so that one day you can come back and be like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't say it because there's this running joke in physics that fusion is always like 30 years away because each time we come back, it's always delayed by a few number of years. But eventually, basically what will happen is if we find out more about warm, dense matter... We can then find out how to achieve fusion on Earth too and add to that, that body of study. Um, and so that's how my work can be applied to real life. Because if we achieve fusion, we have clean energy for so long and we'll be able to have electricity and, like, you know, power your phones or your lights or whatever mm -hmm. for a long time without damaging the Earth. So. Oh, man. Can you imagine a Tesla using the, these fuels? Oh, my goodness. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be <cool. laughs> so I wanted to move forward and kind of fast forward a little bit, because now that we have a, a better understanding of what your role entails and, and kind of what you're working on day to day and, and how it can evolve, I want to understand a little bit more about some of the unforeseen challenges that you've been experiencing in your career and in, in this field of education. Could you kind of enlighten us? So if there's any young listeners or 
to be fair, anyone that is listening that is maybe struggling through something. When I was at school, so this was like 15 years old, I actually ended up having an eating disorder, which meant I was out of education for approximately two years, which to many people, that is a huge setback. And I think I started to have people around me who were saying, you'll never go to university or you're not going to be a good physicist, or you should do something easy because you've missed so much school. And I did not want to listen to that. I knew in my heart that I didn't want to be defined by this illness and that it would dictate the rest of my life just because I had that illness. And so I worked so hard. I was away from school. I was in a private hospital and I worked super, super hard. And basically just tried not to listen to these people that were saying that I wasn't going to achieve this. If anything, I used that energy and put it into my work because I knew, like I said in my little quote at the beginning, you're all stars, you just have to initiate that fusion, you just have to put the work in. And so I put an incredible amount of work in and the people that said I wouldn't go to university, I'm here now doing a PhD and it's, it's crazy to think that. I was honestly at a stage where... In England, they have a system, like a point system, to be able to progress on. I was 0.5 points away from failing and not being able to continue on to go to university. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely came close. But I think if I listened to anyone that said no, I would definitely not be where I am today. And so if I had a message to anyone listening now, it's like, no matter what you are going through, don't let that define you. And you'll still be able to achieve your dreams. Just concentrate on you and believe in yourself. And that is difficult, especially if you're going through something rough. But I believe in you and you can do it. And I think it's an important thing to really just think positively and remember that there's always a way. Um, And I think I needed to remember that. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. Usually I try to add something to enrich in that discussion or the answer, but I would be doing it harm adding anything (laughs) to that. That was so amazing, inspirational, and wow, absolutely at a loss for words. Now, speaking of, I'm at a loss of words now, but let's just move straight to the future then. You know, where do you see the industry of plasma physics moving? You know, where, where, what's happening? Where's innovation occurring? Where should we be looking? <laughs> because I'm like in between lasers and, and plasmas, um, there are multiple applications of both. There's definitely applications in the, in the medical field. So you can use like plasmas to help with like surgical equipment so before they go in they can be like sterilized and things like that but I think personally for me the closest thing that I can help with is obviously what I said before with the warm dense matter helping us to get fusion to work and helping us to have this clean energy and so I would say keep an eye out for that and see where fusion goes and maybe you'll see a fusion reactor near you so that would be super cool. I'll be waiting for a a book coming out by you as well, discussing (laughs) the amazing breakthroughs. Can't wait. Now, one of the things at Diversity C, and, and, you know, it's tied very closely to our core value is the idea of diversity from ethnicity to gender to accessibility industry and so much more. I want to talk with you about your experience with diversity, particularly, and where specifically you're seeing the greatest need for diversity Or if that isn't the best way to frame the question, you know, how are you seeing leaders address diversity in your space? So I'm in academic research and for anyone that has been exposed to it, you'll know that especially in physics, there is a lack of 
women, let alone women of colour in physics. And so for me, I think personally, all of us can do a little bit to help with diversity and inclusion and equity. And for me, how I do that is I use my social media as a platform to put a face that they might not normally see to a specific career. And so especially like laser plasma physicists, there's not many women of colour in that field. And so being able to just even share a selfie can be such a powerful thing to associate that face with that field. But I think there are other ways that we can partake in increasing diversity in fields is like going back to schools and giving talks or letting the students shadow you and letting them be exposed to different environments that they wouldn't be exposed to at school. And so I always make it my thing of like at least a few times in the year I go back into a school and give a talk because that changed my life when I was given a talk like that. And I think showing different faces in fields and showing that you can do it definitely helps to give people role models to be able to do that. Wow, that is inspirational. And, and once again, giving back is so important and showing other people this is possible. It's truly one of the most important things you can do. Now, last question, I want to talk about personal stuff. And it's, it's more about you're not a robot. You're not always studying and, and always using lasers and melting things and doing such amazing work, right? You're a human as well. You take time, you take breaks to recharge, reset your batteries. And just for listeners out here, and, and honestly, my own personal curiosity at this point, <laughs> you know, what, do you, what are any of your hobbies or extracurriculars or projects that you do to get your mind off work and get yourself reset and re-energized? So pre-pandemic, I was a salsa dancer. I loved dancing. Ah, um, cool. I love singing. I love climbing. So I go out and climb. I used to do that twice a week. So that doesn't happen anymore. But I will say my new quarantine hobby is roller skating. So I got some new skates and Ooh. I do that pretty much most days. But I'm super into science communication. And now I have so much time on my hands. I feel like I film videos on TikTok and, and try and educate. And especially with loads of people homeschooled and I think it really helps. And so, yeah, I do a lot of science communication, but I also love fashion and makeup and I do photo shoots and stuff like that. So, and I love drawing too, that too. I forgot about that one. But um, that's that's been getting me through. Like anytime I'm anxious, I just draw. So that's been getting me through too. Beautiful, absolutely amazing soul. I absolutely love all the things you're doing. Miriam, I can't thank you enough for coming on today's podcast and truly just being an incredible and motivating and inspirational individual paving the way for so many people of color as well as as women in, in your space. And I, I truly wish the best for everything that you're doing. And once again, I, I hope to see you on a book cover or in another podcast <laughs> soon in the future. But with that said, I want to create a second for you. Please share with the guests anything that you have going on or if people wanted to reach out and connect with you, where can they find you? So you can go to my blog, girlinaphysicsworld.wordpress.com. It's got all my social media handles on there. And if you have a question, just please ask. And if there's one message I want to give out is just remember you're special and you can achieve whatever you want to if you put your mind to it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, listeners, that's all we have for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got one piece of advice, an idea, or learn something new like I did, I count that as a success. Check us out on our social media at DiverseVC. We'll be sharing more great pieces of this podcast and how you get connected with Miriam. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, and hope to have you back on our next How They Did It podcast. 